High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Look at somebody say, I need you. And then look at somebody say, you need me. Uh, the, the old attitude that many have had in days past, they still have it today, you know, it's just Jesus and me and that's all that I need, my friend, that is not accurate. And uh, the Bible teaches us something totally different than that. As a matter of fact, Paul actually commanded that every member was not to say that I have no need of you. Isn't that what he said? First Corinthians chapter 12, he said, don't look at the other members and say, I have no need of you. The reality is we all need one another. Yes, we need Jesus first and foremost. But understand this, part of the ministry of Jesus is going to be fulfilled through other members of the body of Christ as they begin to minister with the anointing and the grace that God has given them and placed upon their lives. So we all need one another. And so what? listen, I want to, how many of you uh, men will say today, I need my spouse, you that are married. How many say, I need my spouse? Come on, raise your hand up. Now, I want you to look at your spouse and say, baby, I need you. No, you didn't say it convincingly. You got to say, baby, I need you. Come on, tell them, I need you. All right, a couple of you got it. I don't know who did that, but that was good. Steve, was that you? All right, praise the Lord. I think Christy is convinced. But the reality is we all need one another. We all need one another, right? And uh, the moment that we think that we can do it by ourselves is the moment that we are going to set ourselves up for a crash and we'll actually set ourselves up for destruction. Uh, as a matter of fact, anytime you operate in violation of anything that the Bible teaches, biblical principle, you always will set yourself up for destruction. God's not punishing you, but what happens is you end up reaping uh, what you have sown and as you begin to sow the wrong seed, you end up, uh, you know, having a bad harvest. But we all need one another. And again, it's just so good to be here, go, so good to be home, praise the Lord. So good to be with God's people. Aren't you appreciative of the worship team this morning? Did I tell you what, we are so thankful for our worship team, for our worship singers. And so such a great presence of the Lord that was here this morning. And I believe that God is doing great things in the earth today. And we just need to establish and set ourselves up in a place where we can receive from what God is pouring out. I want you to hear this. We're not waiting for revival. Revival is already here. I'm going to say that again. We're not waiting for revival to come. Revival is already here. The reality is revival is always available to those who will embrace it. And a revival is not a feeling or anything like that. It is something that you begin to embrace and you say, Holy Spirit, revive me. How many of you know the Holy Spirit, if you ask him to revive you, he'll let it start right where you're at. And it'll begin to penetrate your home. Lord, revive our families. Revive my children. Cause things to come alive spiritually within my life. And hear this, if you see a lot of times what people are waiting for, they're waiting for some preacher to, or for a church to begin to establish a series of meetings, and then we're all going to get revived. And I will tell you, most of the time, the people that are touched, they're, not to say that people aren't ministered to, but they're ministered to primarily because they're getting in the house of the Lord, and they're being ministered to by the presence of the Lord. But understand this, that will not maintain revival. I've seen people who have been in, how to get off on this, this is not my message today, but I have seen people 
who were actually a part of great revivals, great outpourings, but yet it was not maintained in their life. Anything that you receive from the Lord must be maintained through daily devotion, daily worship, daily study, amen, and daily embracing what God has for you. And so I encourage you, every, every one of you, to embrace daily what God desires to do within your life. The Holy Spirit is still moving today, and He wants to move in your life, He wants to move in your family, and He wants to do great and mighty things. Our God is a miracle worker. Would everybody say miracle worker today? Would you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9? Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to start with verse 6. And uh, this month we're going to be sharing some things that are more related to Christmas. And understand this, there is no Christmas without Christ. As a matter of fact, He is the reason for the season. There is no Christmas without Jesus. And so anytime we begin to talk about Christmas or even share things uh, concerning the Christmas season, it always surrounds the, uh, not just the birth of Jesus, but what He came to do and what He came to establish. And uh, a lot of times we can get caught up in the supernatural birth, and that's wonderful and great, and we'll share some things about that this morning. But I want you to get caught up in the purpose that Jesus came and what, uh, and what he came to do within your life, within your family, within every aspect of the world, within every aspect of the culture. And I believe that we, the body of Christ, must begin to embrace the Lord in his fullness. What I have found many times is that people will embrace a portion of what Jesus came to do, but they don't embrace fully what Jesus came to do. How many of you believe that Jesus came to save you? Do you believe that? He came to save, amen? And uh, we say it a lot here, Jesus saves, heals, and delivers. Uh, but you know, as Pastor Joshua was sharing this morning, we have to understand that part of that salvation also has to do with delivering you from financial distress and delivering you from poverty and lack. How many know God never ordained any of you, any of you, any of us to live in a place of poverty and lack? God wants you to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Amen. That's what it says. As a matter of fact, that was a part of Abraham's blessing in Deuteronomy 28 as a part of the Old Covenant. Listen, if that was a part of the blessing of the Old Covenant, and now we have a better covenant established upon better promises, how much more does God want to bless you now? Amen. How many of you believe the Lord wants to bless you? You know, I see a lot of times people get, to, you know, they start tightening up anytime you start talking about money or finances or blessing. Now, I'm not saying that's, it's that way here in this church. We have cultivated a different spiritual atmosphere. But we have to understand the same blood that was shed for forgiveness of sin and to cause you to be a new creation in Christ Jesus is the same blood that was shed in order to make sure that you had food on your table, in order to have money in your pocket, in order to cause you to be the head and not the tail. It's the same covenant. Look at somebody and say, it's the same covenant. It's the same blessing. The same blood that was shed in order that you could come and become a part of the kingdom of God. It's the same sacrifice that was made so that you could have healing in your body. Amen. So that you could be delivered and not be tormented by devils all the days of your life. Right? Well, again, there's a lot of people that come, they get saved, and they receive Jesus as their Savior. And by the way, that is the greatest gift. That's where it all starts. But they never receive him as healer. They never really receive him as deliverer. And so they live their lives, their, their entire lives as Christians, but living with issues. My friend, Jesus died in order to rid you from your issues. 
That's some good news this morning. Jesus came and bled and he died in order to deliver you from the issues that you are facing. Whatever it might be. And uh, again, I don't care what kind of family you came out of. I don't care what side of the tracks you came from. I don't care what nationality you are. Hear, hear this today. Jesus came to bring deliverance to you. Jesus came so that you didn't have to live the rest of your life tormented by demons and devils uh, and the plague that the enemy has sought to actually entangle you with. Praise God. Amen? That's what Jesus came to do. We read here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called what? Everybody say it. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. You know, whenever you read this passage of Scripture, we recognize that this is an announcement, even in the Old Covenant, of the Messiah that was to come. It was an announcement of the birth of Jesus. It was an announcement not only of his birth and of his coming, but hear this. It was an announcement of what he was coming to do. Because understand, Jesus didn't come just to fulfill prophecy. Jesus came in order to do something within your life. Jesus came to accomplish something within your family. Jesus came to rid you of everything that hell had sought to put on you, praise God. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to rid you of everything that Satan desired to put upon you and your family? Listen, I, you know, I think if we took a poll this morning, probably everybody could say, you know what, there's been all kind of things uh, within the, my past as far as my family. How many of you have some family stories that you're not too proud of? Anybody got any of those? How many of you have some issues that go way back generation after generation? But isn't it good news today that Jesus came not only, hear how I say this, to cause you to be born again and to also provide a way into heaven, but understand this, he came so that you could begin to experience heaven right here on the earth right now. You see, I am not waiting until I die to experience heaven. I believe we can start experiencing heaven right now while we're walking on the face of this earth. That's the reason Jesus said to pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. What was he saying? He said, there's some heaven that I want to bring forth within your life. There's some heaven that I want to do. There's some heaven that I want to manifest within your life. You don't have to wait till you die. You can start experiencing some heaven right now praise God look at somebody and say we can have some heaven right now and by the way you don't have to necessarily be in church to experience it you know it's not just about the presence of God being in manifestation but God wants you to experience some heaven in your family some of y'all looking at me like a cow looking in a new gate my friend I want you to know God wants you to experience heaven in your family Rather than it be a place of havoc, rather than it be a place of fussing and fuming and fighting and disagreement and discord, God desires for there to be some agreement. He wants there to be a place of unity, a place of love. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many of you men know that there's, there's some heaven on earth whenever you and your wife get together? Y'all don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know exactly what I'm talking about. 
If, it, if you're not having heaven, now hear this. God wants to revive your marriage so you can have some heaven on earth. Amen. We'll move on past that. We'll wait for the marriage class. But Isaiah here, he gives some descriptive names. These are all descriptive names. In order to reveal the very nature of Jesus, he's revealing this is what the son that is given is coming to do. This is what, this is the reason that he is being sent. This is why he is coming to earth. And understand this, if we don't receive him in these dimensions, then we will miss out on God's best for our lives. I'm fully convinced that the majority of believers, they live their entire lives and they miss out on God's best for their lives. I've made a decision that I'm not going to miss out on God's best for my life. I'm going to receive everything that he came to do. I don't want me, uh, you know, whenever I have to stand before the Lord, I don't want him to have to say, you know what, there was so much more that I had for you. There was so much more that I desired for you to receive, but you never embraced it. You never fully received it. Let it be said of those that are members of this church, high praise, that we're going to embrace fully everything that Jesus came to do. We're not going to allow one promise to go unfulfilled within our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen? So Isaiah declares his name will be called. His, what's he doing? He's giving descriptive names of what the Lord is coming to do. He's giving us insight to what God desires to do within our lives as a result of Jesus being born. Understand, it's not about a babe in a manger. It's not about a Christmas tree. It's not about donkeys. It's not about shepherds. It's not about wise men. That's all a part of the story. But understand this, that is just a part of his coming, but it's not actually the fulfillment of what he desired to do. All of that was so that we could receive the fullness of his character and nature within our lives. Amen? And so we see these names that are given to us by Isaiah. These names are not meant to tickle our ears. They're not meant just so that we could, you know, a preacher could stand in the pulpit and say, his name uh, is wonderful. Huh? His name uh, is Prince of Peace. Huh? You know, and people get excited and thrilled about that. Understand this, if you get excited about the name, but you don't embrace the fullness of what it means, then you're missing out on what God desires to do. And I've been in enough services where people got excited about the way that the preacher preached rather than what was being said. And whenever they left out the door, they left the same way that they came in. And my friend, let it not be said about this church. You're going you're gonna to have an encounter with God. There's going to be a confrontation and the old stinking thinking is going to go out the door and you're going to fully receive everything that God has for you. Amen? You know, that's our responsibility as five-fold ministry. I'm not here to thrill you. Pastor Joshua is not here to thrill you. Pastor Paul, when he prophesies, it's not so somebody can be, whoo, hallelujah, thrilled. You know, it's not whenever, you know, Pastor Will gets up there and prophesies, so everybody go, boy, that wasn't that a great word. You know, so often we're hearing words and we're saying, yeah, that was wonderful and great, but we don't actually fully embrace it. This is something the Holy Spirit is saying this morning. You need to grab hold of it because hear this, any word that you hear that excites you that you don't fully embrace is a word that you're allowing to go on by you and you'll never receive the fullness that God wants to bring forth within your lives. I don't want to be somebody, I hear the word, you always oh, isn't that nice? Yes, I agree with that, but never embrace it. And so understand what Isaiah is doing here. He said, I want to give you some understanding is this is what he's coming to do. 
This is the reason he's coming as a babe in a manger. This is the reason there's going to be wise men. This is the reason that Joseph and Mary are going to have to flee to Egypt because there's some things that God desires to do within the earth. There's some things that God desires to bring forth within your life. Now, again, many times I would say probably 95% of all believers, they'll read this. Oh, his name is wonderful, Shandai, Counselor, Hikabo Shandai, hallelujah. Mighty God, he's the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, but yet they have no understanding really what this means. And so this morning, I want you to get a full understanding of what these names means so that you can begin to then fully embrace. Because every, every, everything that is found in these descriptive names that Isaiah begins to articulate is also found in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody shout the name of Jesus. Say Jesus. See, the name of Jesus, it is the most powerful name on the face of the planet. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved but the name of. And understand this, it, within the name of Jesus, all of these names are actually encapsulated. So the first one that he gives is wonderful. Now understand, this word wonderful doesn't necessarily mean what you think about whenever you just say, oh, that's wonderful, or you're a wonderful individual. This is what the word, the Hebrew word literally means this. It means miracle or miracle worker, praise God. So when he says wonderful, what he said, his name is going to be called miracle worker. Listen, I don't care what kind of miracle you need today, Jesus is the miracle worker. You don't understand my situation, pastor. You don't understand my family. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad it stinks. Jesus is the miracle worker, and he will perform a miracle in that situation. Does anybody believe that today? Listen, this morning, we're going to embrace him as a miracle worker. We're not just going to talk about his miracles, but we're going to embrace him as a miracle worker. He is my miracle worker. He's not just your miracle worker. He's not just a miracle worker for Tori over here. He's not just a miracle worker for Josiah. He's not just a miracle worker for Gil. He's my miracle worker. He's your miracle worker. He's Miss Linda's miracle worker. He's Witt's miracle worker. Praise God. Amen? Look at somebody and say, he's my miracle worker. But we have to begin to embrace him as that miracle worker. See, Jesus came to be a miracle worker within your life. Christmas itself, whenever you actually begin to examine it, it's a total miracle. Of course, we know that Jesus himself, he was born of a virgin. That is a miraculous birth. Everything that surrounds the Christmas story is miraculous in every way. You understand this. Jesus came to do what you had no power to accomplish. Has anybody here ever been in situations where you just knew there's nothing that I can do about this issue? Is anybody in a situation right now where you can say, you know what, I'm just in a situation there's nothing that I personally can do about this situation? I have good news for you, my friend, today. There is a miracle worker that will step into your inability and he will do things that are impossible in the natural and he will perform what you yourself could not do. Why? Because his name will be called a miracle worker. Jesus came to be a miracle worker within your life. I tell you, when Josiah was born, 
There was nothing that human hands could do to revive him. But understand this, in the name of Jesus, breathe. Miracle workers showed up within that young man's life as a little baby, one that was born six weeks premature, one that had no heartbeat, one that had no air, one that had turned blue, one that had a cord wrapped around his neck, one that less than 1% of babies that are born that way actually survive whatsoever. But you've got to understand, I know the miracle worker. Praise God. The parents know the miracle worker, and he's alive today because a miracle worker stepped into a situation where we had no power whatsoever. Let me tell you, everybody, I think Tori had been in our office. We had cast in, cast off, cast away, cast out. We had done just about everything that we knew to do, counseled her, all kind of things. It's okay if I use you for this morning. Thank you. I'm going to. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a living testimony. Man had done everything they could do, but then Jesus steps in. Reminded of the story where Jesus, <laughs> he, tells the, he tells the disciples, they're you know, a crowd of 5,000 people. And by the way, Pastor Joshua did a I don't know, it's been about a month ago, he talked some about this, about the five loaves and two fish. And listen, these were not big, huge tunas that he just pulled out of the ocean. This is a, this is a little boy's lunch, okay? It, what would amount to two sardines, okay? And what would amount to five crackers, okay? That's all he had. You got sardines and crackers. That would better describe what he had. And what Jesus says, what do you have? First of all, he tells the disciples, you feed them something. <laughs> and the disciples say, you know, we don't have time to set up a cafeteria right now. You know, and, and by the way, we don't have, you know, the money that would be required to feed this many people. We, you know, we just don't have it readily available. And we got to go to town. And we got to go buy all this stuff. It's going to, by the time we get there, you know, it's going to be nighttime. And Jesus said, well, tell me what you have. You see, everything is bad. Everything is bleak until miracle worker steps in. Everything is falling apart till a miracle worker steps in. There's probably not anybody here this morning that doesn't have some issue, some situation, possibly in a family situation, possibly a financial situation, possibly, you know, it could be an assortment of things, marital situation. And I'm here to declare to you that the miracle worker desires to step into your situation if you'll only embrace him as the miracle worker. You're not embracing him as somebody who has done a miracle for somebody else. You're embracing him now as my miracle worker. How many of you this morning, you say, I've got something, I need the miracle. There, there is a miracle I need God to do within me, within my body, within my finances, within my family, within my job, whatever it is. How many of you, how many have a situation you can't do, you've done everything you know to do. You've been like the little woman who had spent all that she had. She had the issue of blood. But thank God she, she pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of the miracle worker's garment. What was she doing? She was embracing the miracle worker. I believe the Lord wants us to embrace the miracle worker this morning. How many of you are willing to embrace the miracle worker right now? We're not going to wait till the end of the service. You're going to do it right now. I believe there's faith to embrace your miracle today. So whatever it is right now, I just want you to see yourself just embracing the miracle worker. And I want you to declare this in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. In the name of Jesus, I embrace the miracle worker today. 
I embrace you, Lord, as my miracle worker. You are my miracle worker. In the name of Jesus, I receive the fulfillment of what is needed in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. See, the heart of Christmas is the celebration of our miracle worker. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, counselor. Everybody shout, counselor. That word literally means guide or advisor. The entire Christmas story is an account of miraculous and supernatural prophetic insight and guidance. When you look at it, an angel appears to Mary. Why? Giving her insight, guiding her, advising her. Then an angel appeared to Joseph, told him who he was to marry. Do you know that, do you know that the Lord will actually show you who you need to marry? Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. My wife, she, the Lord showed her when she was in seventh grade. That's all I can say. Yeah, uh, nobody got that. But anyway, <clears throat> but the angel appeared to Joseph and said, you're not, you're not supposed to, because he was going to put her away privately. He said, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to marry her, praise the Lord. Amen? But anyway, angels appeared to the shepherds and told them where Jesus was located. Talk about GPS, my friend. Wise men saw a star and followed it to find Jesus. Uh, th th they were warned then in a dream not to return to Herod because Herod sought to kill uh, Jesus. And then Joseph was told in a dream to flee to Egypt. What do we see here? We see the Lord guiding. We see the Lord advising the entire story. The Christmas story is an account of how men were supernaturally guided and advised by the voice of the Lord. How many know God's still speaking today? Do you believe that? Do you believe God's still speaking today? Do you believe that there is still the prophetic voice of the Lord that is resident within the earth? There are still prophets and there are anointed prophetic people to proclaim and declare the voice of the Lord. My friend, what we're commanded in the Bible is to despise not prophesying. Everybody say despise not prophesying. Listen, you may say, well, I've heard that prophetic word before. Well, you need to hear it one more time, praise God. What's the Lord wanting to do? He's wanting to ignite your faith so that you can fully receive, so that you can be equipped. It's very interesting before uh, 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 we were, of course, I don't want to go into the whole story, but uh, in March of 1988, we had three prophetic words in three days. In three days' time, three different prophetic words about having a baby. Three different individuals, none of them knew us from Adam's house cat. And all three of them gave us a word about having a baby. They didn't know that we were seeking the Lord's direction at that time about having another child. Joshua was two years old. Pastor Joshua was two years old. Uh, and Pastor Stacy, she was wanting to have another child. And I just went on staff at CI. I hadn't been on staff there for very long. And, and we weren't making very much money, making $800 a month. And, you know, it was taking everything that we could do just to make the ends meet, just to pay all the bills. And I thought, man, the last thing we need now is more diapers and formula and all the other stuff. Everybody, y'all know what, how much it costs to, you know, have a baby and not even say anything about the hospital and we didn't have any insurance at that time and so we didn't know you know how we're we gonna do all this but she wanted to have a, another baby and but nonetheless she went into that conference and she was praying she she told me she said I, I, I'm praying that the Lord will show us what to do but she never got one word about having a baby but I did 
not once, not twice, but three times about having another child. And then later on, uh, less than a month later than that, we got another prophetic word about how that we were going to have three children. And uh, I, I don't have time to go into the full, it takes quite a while to share the whole testimony. I said all that to say this. The Lord was giving us understanding then and giving us guidance. He was advising us because there was going to be a challenge that we were going to face later on. So understand this. The Lord will actually forearm you for what is coming down the road. He will pre-advise you of things that are coming up the, uh, down the pike. Why? So you won't be taken by surprise. You won't be taken off guard, and you'll be able to stand in the midst of the storm. There's a lot of people that don't stand uh, strong in the midst of the storm solely because they are not embracing the Lord as their guide or their advisor. There's a lot of people that listen to wrong voices. Why? Because they don't embrace the Lord as their guide and their advisor. Can I encourage every one of us today? Let's embrace the Lord as our guide and our advisor. How many of you know that the voice of the Lord, he said this, that the, uh, the, good she the, the, the sheep uh, hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. We know that the Lord is the good shepherd. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd leads. The shepherd guides. Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen? So I want us all just right now that we're going to just embrace him as shepherd. Come on, let's embrace him right now. Just say this in Jesus' name. I embrace you, Lord, as my shepherd, as my guide, as my advisor. I'm not looking to my friends. I'm looking to you. I'm not looking to the voices of the unknown, but I'm looking to your known voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise for that. <clears throat> we got far too many people going to the internet for their advice. We got far too many people that are just going to Facebook trying to get the latest info and download. How many know we need to begin to go to the Lord? And let him be our advisor. Let him be our guide. Go to his word and find out what he's saying about the situation. I can't tell you how many times that I've sat with people and I hear them say, you know, I actually had somebody come in one time and they were having some marital problems. They sat down and uh, they're not here anymore, but praise the Lord. But sat down in the office and they said, uh, you know, we're having some problems with our marriage and I think it's just time for us to call it quits. I think it's time for us to separate. And the uh, question I asked them then is, well, where did you hear that from? Who told you that? Well, I got a friend. I got a friend that I work with, and they're having similar issues. And um, I went to them and asked them what I should do. And uh, I said, well, tell me some things about this friend. Well, you know, they are on their fourth marriage. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. I, they are on their fourth marriage. I said, uh, just time out here just a second. First and foremost, you need to go to the Bible and what does God's word say? And second of all, do you realize that there are people that God has placed within your life that have spiritual wisdom and insight? And the last person that you need to be going to in a situation like this is somebody, please, no condemnation toward them, but they're on their fourth marriage. So, you know, I would not recommend that you go to them to get counsel on what you need to do in your marriage situation. Right? You, you need to find somebody who's had some measure of success. Okay? 
You know, if I wanted to know how to coach a football team, I would not go to the coach that has the losingest record, right? I don't know who, who, who coached Colorado. Who coached, do you know who the coach of Colorado is? There's a no-name coach of Colorado. Uh, yeah, Deion Sanders just took the job, but there's a no-name coach, and his, and his record was 1-11. Now, I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody, but if you want to know how to coach, Ty, if you want to know how to coach, you're not going to go find him and get advice as to how to coach people. What's your record? 1-11. Well, what's your record on marriage? Well, ah, I'm 0-4. Listen, uh, you know, you don't want to go to somebody like that. Again, no condemnation to them. But understand this, the first and foremost thing you got to do is go to God's Word. What does God's Word say? It says this, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Right? When you said, I do, you were done. And murder's not an option. <laughs> Now, that's not said to condemn anybody. If you've had a divorce, I want you to know, hey, God bless you. Lord loves you. We love you. And we want to see whatever's, wherever you're at right now, we want to see you succeed. Right? Does everybody understand that? But I'm just saying, you know, somebody who has a record of continued uh, non-successful events, that's not the person that you need to be talking to. Right? And again, Christians do this all the time. They begin to seek counsel in the wrong places. They begin to find their friend. Hear this. 90% of the time, your friend's going to tell you what you want to hear. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. There's a good book back there. It's called Voices of Deception. I'd encourage you to get it and read it. Amen? Jesus is the light in the midst of the darkness. Uh, Pastor Paul sent me a, something the other day, and I don't remember the exact full story, and I'll try to abbreviate it, but it was basically a pa it was a gentleman, a pastor. He, he, he was a pastor. And uh, he was on a flight, but ended up getting on a private plane because he was invited to come and be on a private plane, he and the friend that was traveling with him. Anyway, uh, it was in, out of Anchorage, was it, or somewhere uh, up in Alaska. And anyway, so they got up in the private plane, and then all of a sudden they got into clouds. And then the, the, the pilot looked over and said, listen, uh, I just need to warn you, whenever I get in clouds... I don't even know how he had a pilot license, honestly. He said, but whenever I get up in the clouds, I pass out <laughs> Harvey that doesn't happen with you does it okay good he wouldn't be flying all the time if it did okay he said but then get up in the clouds I, I, get, I don't know how I got a, had a, a pilot's license at all but anyway and uh, and so they got up and they got in the clouds you know, started getting cloudy and it couldn't get out of the clouds and the next thing you know whew, he passes out and, and so the pastor actually grabs uh, the headset and starts talking to ground control. And, uh, and, and anyway, to make a long story short, they said, we're going to get you down. He said, but listen, you got to understand this. You must listen to my voice. You see, a lot of times we start flying through situations in life and it gets real cloudy. And you can't see. And understand you have to learn to fly by instruments. There's an instrument that you have called your Bible. And that's the first thing that you're going to go to right there. And you're going to listen to some ground control 
the voice of the Holy Spirit within your life. And you know what? Sometimes you might have to get off of Facebook and you might have to get off of Twitter and you might have to get off of all the other things because there's so many voices that are out there and you got to tune in to the voice of the Lord and you got to get in your word and begin to search out what God is saying in the midst of your situation. Amen? I'm not, listen, I'm on all of those forums, I, and so I'm not bashing those, but what I'm saying, if you're always trying to get your information and your guidance from there, you are going to the wrong place. And Christians continue to do it. Obviously, it can be expected of those in the world, but as believers, there's a higher level that God has for us. Anyway, they kept listening to the voice, kept listening to the voice, kept listening to ground control, and they were actually able to land that plane. Understand, you'll come in for a safe landing if you'll get in the Word, if you'll fly by the instruments, and you'll hear the voice of the Lord. Amen? The next thing is mighty God. Everybody should say mighty God. You know, mighty is actually the Hebrew word gabor, and that word literally means warrior or champion. And so when it says mighty God, he is saying, I am the God of, uh, uh, the, I, I am the, the Lord of hosts. I am the Lord that is mighty. I am the Lord triumphant. I am the Lord that is a champion, praise God. Amen? And the Hebrew, of course, the, the word God is the Hebrew word El. And so actually what it says is that his name shall be called El Gabor, praise God. Jesus came to reveal to us the warrior heart of God. He fights for us. He fights through us. He fights in us. Praise God. Amen. You know, I, I think it's very interesting uh, that there's so many people today that are always wanting to, to, you know, get violent with words and even violent in the natural. And my friend, as believers, that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do, this is what Paul said. He said, you do not wrestle. Look at somebody and say, you do not wrestle. Look at somebody and say, you do not fight. Said we, our war, one translation says, our war is not with flesh and blood. It's not with flesh and blood. Listen, your employer is not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. I said, your spouse is not your problem. Boy, I, we need some marriage counseling, I can tell right now. I'm going to say it one more time. Your spouse is not your problem. Everybody look at your spouse and say, honey... You're not my problem. Some of you were challenged to say that. Your spouse is not your problem, right? I'm going to say this to you that are employers. <laughs> your employees are not your problem. I, can't, I said it. Yes, I did. Your employer, your employees, people are not your problem. The person that's driving so slow on I-10 is not your problem, right? I'll say it again for the choir. I might be that person, so I am not your problem. The person at Walmart's not your problem. The cashier's not your problem. Your waitress is not your problem. Right? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'm going to go ahead and say, politicians are not our problem. 
I don't have time to even go there, but we got to understand, we got to focus in on what the real problem. When people are motivated by the wrong thinking, stinking thinking, and they got demons in control of their lives, they're going to do crazy stuff. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Our war is not with flesh and blood, but with what? Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. That's where our war is at. And by the way, hear this. That's where you will be the most effective as a believer. Because you know what? I may not be able to say something to somebody, and I may not have authority or jurisdiction in a particular area in the natural, but understand this. I know how to pray. I said I know how to pray. I know the mighty warrior who's able to fight for me in the midst of every situation. I know the mighty warrior. I embrace him as the mighty warrior. Praise God. Amen? There's so much more that could be said about that. How many of you this morning say, I'm going to embrace him as the mighty warrior? Come on, just right there. I'm going to embrace him. Come on, just right now. In the name of Jesus. Say it. In the name of Jesus. I embrace you, Lord, as the mighty warrior within my life. You fight for me. You fight through me. In the name of Jesus. I do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but I have authority over principalities, over powers, over the rulers of the darkness of this world, over spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms, in Jesus' name. Now, what does that mean to you? What does that really mean to us? That means this. I do not live my life as a victim. I live my life as a victor. When I know that the Lord, El Gabor, oh, when I embrace him as the Lord who fights for me, that means this. I am not living as a victim because understand when you embrace him as the mighty warrior, you can't be a victim. I begin to realize that I am a victor in Christ Jesus. I no longer live or place myself in the role of a victim because I have been made an overcomer. Will everybody shout yes? You see, I'm not living with the expectation of defeat. I expect victory in every area of my life. The next thing, everlasting father. We're coming to a close. Everlasting father. The word everlasting there, the Hebrew word means perpetual. The word father there means the chief. He is the perpetual chief. He is one who cannot be unseated. And let me say it like this. He is the boss. Listen, I don't care what people think and who, uh, how can I say this? I, I, I don't care what the surrounding culture thinks that they may be able to pull off and they may think that their opinions are greater than God. But understand this. Jesus is the perpetual chief, and he is the boss, and his word will live and abide forever, and he's the alpha and the omega, and everything that he said at the beginning, we're ultimately going to see it fulfilled within the end. We may have some turbulent air, and there may be some times of challenge, but ultimately, he is the perpetual chief. He is the boss that reigns forever. Hallelujah. Don't give me, tell me about Bruce Springsteen being the boss. Jesus is the boss. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody say, Jesus is the boss. That's what the psalmist said. Let the heathen rage. Let the heathen rage. Let them say all they want to say. Let them boast and brag about what they've been able to do. But ultimately, hallelujah, the Lord who sits on the throne is going to laugh at them and say, you forgot one thing. 
I am the boss. I am the perpetual chief. I am the king eternal. And there is nothing uh, that is going to go undone that I have said that will take place within this planet, within this earth, because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. Amen? Do you believe that today? He's the perpetual father. The last thing he said is the prince of peace. Everybody say prince of peace. And most of the time, whenever you say that, you use that terminology, people think about being in a state of tranquility. Jesus has come to bring me tranquility. If you have kids, tranquility is something that you will experience once you become an empty nester. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? He's not talking about tranquility. Right? Jesus already, he already said, you know, in the world you're going to have some tribulation. You know why? Because you're going to have to deal with people. You're going to have to deal with issues. You have to deal with people's issues. You have to deal with things. You have to deal with unpleasantries. That's just the fact of living in a fallen world. He didn't stop there. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But whenever we read Prince of Peace, we think that, you know, he's the Prince of Peace and I'm going to float around on a cloud and play in the harp, you know, so to speak. I'm going to be able to just go somewhere, put on my worship music and get lost in the presence of the Lord. And I'm sure there are times of that. And that's wonderful. And that's good. And that's great. But that's not what actually is being said here. It has really nothing to do with tranquility. Prince literally means this, master, ruler, or lord. That's what the Hebrew word means, the word prince. Master, ruler, or lord. And peace is actually the word shalom. Now, shalom, understand this, it not only means peace of mind, but it means this, safety. Everybody say safety. It means health. Say health. It means favor. How many of you know that he is your lord of favor? How many know God will give you favor? That's what Jesus came to do, to give you favor, even among unfavorable people. Even when people don't like you, they go, I don't know what it is about them. I got to like them. I don't understand. You know, I, you know I don't, there's something about them that I, I feel like I've got to bless them, even though I don't want to. Amen? I don't know why, but I feel like this inclination within me. See, God will give you favor even among the lost. God will give you favor even among the evil people. Listen, we've got to stop making the sinners our enemies and our adversaries and begin to see them as future converts and future brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. Amen? See, shalom not only means peace of mind, safety, help, favor, and this is the last one, prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. Listen, you can be saved and spirit-filled, but you're not complete until you're prospering. You haven't embraced fully everything that God has for you until you embrace him as the Lord of prosperity. Shalom actually is derived from the word shalom. Shalom. We call it shalam around here. We're, it's, the southern pronunciation is shalam, okay? That's, how, that's the only way we knew how to pronounce it after the hurricane. Orit has informed us to, to be more clearly that it's shalom, okay? But the, the reality, y'all know what I'm talking about. That is the root word of shalom. 
Am I saying that right? Okay, shalom. Okay, I'm saying that one right. But it's the root word of the word shalom. And again, we've taught on this before. The word shalom or shalom, what it literally means is this. Whenever you begin to look at it, its application in the Bible is always used in reference to you having more than you had before. Everybody say more than you had before. Let me say it like this. Jesus came in order to be the, your Lord of more than you had before. I said he, became, he came to be your Lord of more than what you had before. Amen? He came to be your Prince of Prosperity. He came to bring blessing. And he also caused, he came to, bring the, to be the Lord of Restoration so that if there's anything that's stolen from you so that on the other side, you're going to have a testimony of how God blessed you and how your blessing was greater than anything that was stolen from you. Hallelujah. See, Jesus came to bring all these blessings within your life. Will you just come on, stand to your feet right now? We're going to embrace him right now as the Prince of Peace. Not just some, you know, tranquility or just peace of mind, even though that's part of it. But I believe that the Lord wants to embrace us, in, embrace him in his fullness this morning. Many times we've embraced him as Savior. And again, that's so important. That's where everything starts. But understand... He doesn't want you just to embrace him as the one who saves you from your sin, gives you a ticket to heaven, so to speak, a home in heaven, wonderful, thank God, absolutely every day. We rejoice about that. So in no way am I diminishing any of that. But what I'm saying is we haven't fully embraced many times what he's come to do. And I'm encouraging you today, don't just embrace him as your savior. Embrace him as the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Prosperity. Embrace him as your deliverer. Embrace him as your king, the one, the perpetual father, the one who is in control of your life. Not just in control of the world, but in control of your life. Amen? And so right now, I want you to pray this with me in the name of Jesus. Lord, I embrace you today as the Prince of Peace. You are the Lord. You are the Lord of my prosperity. You are the Lord who brings blessing within my life. Lord, I embrace you, not only as Savior, but Lord, I embrace you today in all of these elements. I say you're my miracle worker. You're my guide and my advisor. You are the mighty God, the mighty warrior. You are the everlasting Father, the perpetual chief. You are the boss ruling over my life. You are the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Prosperity. I receive you, Lord, today in all these dimensions. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you give the Lord a shout today? Hallelujah. Bow your head for just a moment. Perhaps there's somebody here this morning you say, Pastor, not where I need to be with the Lord. I'm not right with God. I don't, I don't know without any shadow of a doubt that if I died right now, I'd go to be with Jesus. But I want to make things right with God today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand just real quickly right there where you're at. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, but I want to make things right with God. Anybody here today? Anybody here today? If you're here today and you're not right with the Lord, please raise your hand. Anybody here? Anybody here? Praise God. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, it sure is good to be saved. Come on, tell them it sure is good to be saved. Listen, I want to encourage you to do something 
The only way you can have people saved in a service is you got to bring lost people to the church. You know that? That's the only way. And so how many know you? We all need to make a conscious effort of reaching out to the lost, reaching out to people you work with, reaching out to people that you may see daily that you know don't know the Lord. Maybe, maybe shout over the fence at your neighbor, you know? Maybe bake them a cake and take it to them. And at the same time, say, hey, if you don't have any plans on Sunday, I'd love for you to come to church with me. Though you don't have to be creepy or anything like that. But how many know just daily life, you can just reach out and touch people? Because listen, I believe when the word is preached, there's always conviction. When the word is preached, for those who are lost, it will always bring conviction in their heart and it will bring them to the Lord. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all man to me. And I believe, you know, I, we've been talking about Jesus this morning. But how many this morning are saying, you know, I'm going to embrace the Lord in all these dimensions. Come on, lift your, lift your hands right now. Come on, let's sing this. High and lifted up, you are glorious. the Lord right there where you're at. Come on. Lord, we worship you. We give you glory and we give you praise. We glorify your name. Michael and Heather, I saw you this morning. It's so good to have you here today. I heard the Lord say, son and daughter, I'm going to right what was wrong and I'm turning things around within your life. And the Lord says, I'm erasing the things of yesterday. And the Lord says, there's even a fresh thing I'm doing within your heart and your life. And the Lord says, you're going to see it throughout your family. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring the wholeness. The Lord says, the things that you've cried out for. The Lord says, surely you'll see me perform within your life. And the Lord says, son, you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And the Lord says, even the word is deep within you. And the Lord says, now I'm going to begin to draw it out once again. And the Lord says, I'm going to begin to give you dreams and visions. For the Lord says, I have a great future. A great future that I have planned for you. The Lord says, destiny is calling to you today. And the Lord says, I'm bringing you up to a higher place. And I'm bringing you up to a higher level. The Lord says, the end will be better than the beginning. The end will be better than the beginning. For the Lord says, a fresh anointing and fresh oil is coming upon you today. And the Lord says, you're not a slave, but you're a son. Even in my kingdom, says the Lord. And the Lord says, you're not being the pigsty, but God says, I'm bringing you to the king's table where you're going to be fed and you're going to see the outpouring of my blessing. 
The Lord says even put aside yesterday, put aside the hurt of the past, for the Lord says it surely will not last. So the Lord says enter in, for surely the door is open and the invitation is come. So the Lord says even walk through, walk over the threshold, for the Lord says a new day of expansion and blessing and my bringing upon you. And God says in a moment I will correct every family issue and I'm bringing deliverance in the household, says the Spirit of the Lord. So the Lord says, Arise, O man and woman of God, and take your place, take your place, take your place, take your place, says the Spirit of the Lord. For God says, A new thing am I doing within you, says the Spirit of grace. Lord, we release it now in Jesus' mighty name. Lift your hands and give the Lord praise right now. Come on, sing it again. High and lifted up. the Lord is moving right now. There's some of you have some situations in family. And I heard the Lord say, I am restoring families. God says, I'm bringing wholeness. I am the repairer of the breach. And the Lord says, where there has been the break, where there has been the divide, the Lord says, now I am coming to reside. And the Lord says, my presence shall surely come forth. The Lord says, I'm even, oh, I am flowing through the door. It's even beginning in your house. Throughout your family, you will see a work of my spirit and my grace. So the Lord says, even receive me this day as the one that will restore your place. For I will restore your family, your children too. They'll come and they'll worship in spirit and in truth. For the Lord says, the day of the divide is over. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'm bringing unity. And I'm bringing a flow of my anointing. And so the Lord says, receive the restoration of my spirit this day. If you are in a situation where I see family situations where there is division, where you need to see God move and bring a miracle of restoration and heal the divide, I want you to run here real quickly, real quickly. I know what time it is, but I want to be obedient to the Lord. God says, I am bringing healing. I am bringing restoration. I am healing the family. I, I, I want some of our pastors just to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray right now. Just begin to, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we release your anointing. We release the flow of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I release, Lord, divine Oh, Baba, where there has been strife, where there has been discord, where there has been the break, where there has been, as it were, the, divi the divisiveness of hell. Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus, wholeness right now, wholeness, wholeness, wholeness right now. 
wholeness right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. High and lifted up. High and lifted up. In Jesus' name. you to just do this. Put your hands out like this. And then I want you just to see, I want you to embrace the Lord of restoration. I want you to embrace the Lord. I want you to say, Lord, I embrace. Come on, say, Lord, I embrace. Come on, say, Lord, I embrace. I embrace the Lord of restoration. Jesus, restore my family. Jesus, restore my children. Jesus, Restore every aspect of the relationships within the family in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, embrace him right now. I embrace you as the God of restoration. I embrace you, Lord, as the one who restores, the one who saves, heals, and delivers right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, come on, give him praise, hallelujah. High and lifted up. one more time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you, Father God, you are the restorer of the breach, Father God, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God who calls the prodigal sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, grandparents, that you call them home. We thank you, Father God, that in this season, Father God, that it is a season of restoration. It's a season where you're putting things back together. We thank you. We give it praise for it in Jesus' name. We're going to have teams up here. If you need any ministry, we'll have some teams. They're going to keep praying for some people up here. But if you need ministry, we'll have teams that will be up here. We decree and declare favor, blessing, increase over you, over your family. We decree and declare God is doing incredible things in your life.
Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.